We often find the transition from single to married life to be the most difficult for people. One day, all decisions were made by that one person, but now there is the necessity to actually work together. Our childhoods can have a huge impact on the way that we interact with money and the beliefs that we create as adults. These behaviors can dramatically hurt relationships, which we have experienced firsthand with clients. Listen in while we talk about the main reasons we see spouses disagree about finances and things that you can do right now to combat them from happening to you. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets, this is CJ Burnett and Tom Seco. We're financial advisors that work with veterinarians, practice owners, and the veterinary community across the United States, owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the hosts of this podcast, the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast. Our mission is to provide a different way of thinking to make financial decisions easy so you can spend time doing other things that you love. Make sure to check out all our other great resources available through our website, such as complimentary race CEs, assessments, videos, articles, and master classes. You can find all of this by visiting www.flvetadvisors.com. Hey, and listen, if you're finding this podcast to be helpful and you really enjoy what we provide to the public, we could really use your help by rating and reviewing our show on either Spotify or Apple or any of the major platforms that you're on. And if you don't listen on any of those, you could always go to our Facebook page at the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast and give us a review there. Today's show is really just Tom and I going through some things that we were thinking about, especially when we've worked with clients on financial topics and especially the things that create arguments within within spouses. And so I really just hope that you guys aren't taking this show as like absolute biblical truth. It's just just some thoughts that we had and we really wanted to share. Hey, Smarter Vets. So Valentine's Day is coming up not too far away. For, and today's Friday, right? Friday. I'm excited about this Friday. Got a lot of things planned for the weekend. And when I say a lot of things, I mean nothing. There's nothing on Every so often, it's weekend. nice to schedule nothing on the calendar, right? Well, you know, it's funny. I say that, and then I'm pretty sure, like, I'm probably going to spend all Saturday cleaning my pool, right? Because that's, that's how it works, especially when you're in Florida. But that's all good. But yeah, nothing Nothing is on the calendar, at least, right? Now, with obviously, with Valentine's Day coming up, we figured we'd touch on something that is always, I mean, you know, a very popular subject, especially when it comes to uh, spousal disagreements, right? Because everyone loves talking about all the conflict in our lives. Perhaps you're married and you've had some conflicts, especially when regard to uh, money, uh, whether it be what what your spouse buys, what you buy, maybe some fights on who is going to pay the bills or maybe missed bills happen. And then you're like, there's conflict with that. And so, But we figured we'd do today's episode on some main reasons that we see that cause disagreements within a marriage and give you some ideas on what you can do about it. Over the years, as we've worked with so many couples, there have been the times that we've seen relationships completely U-turn, uh, leading to a lot of resentment, sometimes possible separation. And it's, it's sad to see when those things do happen because you know, it's just usually, it's, I, I would say it's a big lack of communication that really results in it. But there are certain things that we've carried on uh, to our adulthoods when uh, they just really haven't been processed. We haven't been able to communicate things very effectively. And we thought this would be a great time to dive into some of those thoughts that we've we've actually personally experienced with other people. It's funny you say U-turns because like 
there are times when we have clients where everything seems fine. And then we get a message or an email from one of the spouses saying, Hey, um, just so you guys know, probably going to be filing a divorce soon. Right. And that. we're always kind of disappointed to hear that. Yeah, it is hard. Right. Cause you know that there's going to be a, there's a separation. Sometimes there's kids involved and no matter which way you cut it, I mean, it's, it's definitely hard on everybody, but uh, you know, whatever, whatever you can do, obviously to try to mitigate that it's, it's, I know, I know everyone tries to work real hard and sometimes you, you can only do what you can, but some things that I know, even as we think about Valentine's day, this might be even a time to reflect on just how grateful we are with our spouse and even the things that, and like, I think it's kind of funny how you can, if you can go through the day and find the things that you're grateful for and try to just find every little thing that you're grateful for, sometimes it helps. And I know that, especially in the realm of financial things, one of one of the things that really seems to help a lot of our clients that we meet with, we talk about this this formula, like in, in therapy, marriage counseling, whether you're looking at John Gottman's material, which by the way, if you haven't read any of John Gottman's book, uh, Gottman's books, he's like like the the go to resource for like all things marriage I, in my world, right? I don't know, Tom. I think you'd agree with that. Yes, I would. I would absolutely agree with that because John Gottman, he's he has a lot of great books that are out there that help be able to. I feel like they're like very practical, simple things that people are able to do and to start focusing their attention on. Because it's like anything in life, I, I will find it very incredible, even with my own relationship. There's sometimes it's you don't know where the things that uh, you can be able to be doing yourself to really be able to improve the relationship because we always put the blame on other people at times because it's just who we are as nature. We mm. tend to be very negative about you know what other people are doing and uh, they're the ones that are causing it. However, well, we we don't want to look at ourselves oftentimes. That's right. Because right? that is it's it's hard, right? It's hard. And, and I think our culture equates like, oh, if you have a bad thought, then you're a bad person. Mm -hmm. And right. And it's like, that's not true that, I mean, we all have things that we might think that we don't like, but like that doesn't literally make us bad people. So let's jump in here and, and talk about some things that we see that stopped couples from making progress. And one of those things that comes up in Gottman's stuff and all the things around finances are these, the, if you can phrase whatever, whatever it is that you're working through from a financial perspective, if you can phrase it around this particular formula, it, it usually turns out really, really, really good. And the, this, the, this formula is first you talk about what you feel. So I feel, fill in the blank, when, fill in the blank, because, fill in the blank, and what I need is fill in the blank, right? So the first thing is you say, I feel whatever it is that you feel. And um, for a lot of us, like I'll be honest with you, when I started working through this like exercise, I found that oftentimes I would say, I feel like my wife, and it's like, no, like that's not... <laughs> Like you, you still put the blame feeling, on her, right? Like I feel, yeah, exactly. Like I would immediately just like, you know, so, you know, I feel what it is that you're actually feeling, like name a feeling. Gottman, John Gottman has a feelings wheel, go to the feelings wheel, find the feeling. Oftentimes, it, you know, we might think sad or mad, but we really want to get more descriptive as far as what we actually feel. And let me tell you, when you say I feel, and then you fill in the blank, when you spend money on X, Y, Z, right? Because when you spend money on XYZ, then this happens. Like we end up like my like I feel less secure, right? So you, like, and you got to work through that mm -hmm. that exercise multiple times, and don't even work on it with your spouse. Work on it on your own. Like like when you have a feeling, go okay, I have a feeling. Run to like a notepad. I feel. What do I feel? And like 
you might have to think about it. For me, I'm real slow with this stuff. Uh, I think I started doing this like three, four years ago and I go to an OPA, I go, I feel, I don't know what I feel like. I feel angry. Do I feel angry? Do I feel sad? I think I feel, I think I feel hungry actually. Um, in fact, maybe I just need some sugar. I don't know. Like it's carbs. Actually, sometimes you just need carbs. A lot of fights wouldn't just, happen if, if somebody, every, just everyone just needs, lunch, right? everyone just needs a drink. Well, everything will be fine. Right. We'll just get, <laughs> get everyone a cocktail. <laughs> it's interesting that you, nah, it's, you, you bring up the whole thought here yeah. about feelings too, because it's. Yeah, I, I will say even from the interactions that I want to pull this on the financial side for just a quick moment, because it, it really makes me think a lot from like the reasons for planning when people think about finances, the the disconnect between like why they're doing something and what they're really trying to achieve over time. And the amount of time that we actually reflect on what we actually truly are feeling, uh, because there's a lot of things like even with Gottman and psychology and everything. I mean, CJ and I are nerds around a lot of these things. So, uh, but it's it gets to a part where uh, there's these, uh, we, we believe people make us feel the way that we're feeling, but ultimately there's certain things deep down that are actually really, we're, we're generally feeling. And I've struggled myself over the last so many like year or so, 12 months, really trying to figure out like, how do I feel? And there'd be times in conversations, I might even say like, I don't really know how I feel right now. I don't even know how to say this. And I just say it because I'm just trying to like be as yeah. open and transparent as possible. So like, even if you don't know how you I, feel. I, I think actually there were conversations where you would you would actually be we'd be meeting. This is in the corporate setting. We'd be meeting and you say, I, I feel I feel like we need a break. <laughs> right. And we'd take a break because you like you like didn't know what you were gonna say. And then you'd like come back and go, Okay, I think I feel and like it's kind of interesting because I take that and I just kind of noticed that I should do that. <laughs> Sometimes I just like run into it. Uh running right into the wall, right? Put my foot in my mouth. I've done that before. Um, I'm sure none of you have, right? Of course, of course, none of our listeners have ever said anything and put their foot, their foot in the mouth. But going back to that formula, I feel fill in the blank when fill in the blank because fill in the blank. And what I need is stating what you need is critical. I think in any relationship, like what I need is for us to be on the same page with things. What I need, right? Because whatever it is that you need, you have to really clearly communicate what that is because that other person is not going to be able to read your mind. Mm -hmm. Let's jump into what we think that stops couples from making progress and from our observations. And there's one that we see con constantly keeps popping up, and it's the belief around what money should do. And really where this stems into is that when there's this, when we get married, there is this belief that we bring into uh, from our past and from our, our experiences from when we were growing up that the way we interact with money, and I, I know we've had conversations with people before they've gotten married. Some of them are like, uh, what's the terminology you, you and I usually use, CJ? I think it's one person likes to to dig in the weeds and the other one's oh. frolicking in the tulips. Yeah, so it's, um, I think Dave Ram I think it was Dave Ramsey said this. Um, he said, yeah, one person's digging in the weeds, the other one's frolicking in the tulips. Yeah. I, maybe he didn't say that. I, some, some, I heard that somewhere. Yeah. And th there's this this idea because like one person likes to spend and then like one pen person likes to like hold on to it. And it's interesting the dynamics of people that we talk to because it, a lot of that does stem from when people grow up. But then it really comes to the factor of when you're combining two people as one. Now it's like whose money is what? And I, I just, I can think of a conversation recently I was talking about. They're like, yeah, we've been married now for six months and everything is still separated. We haven't really even talked about it. So it's like when you're saving for your future, when you're deciding on what to buy, when you're trying to make decisions and there is no, you know, let's say cohesion or any, any understanding between like, is this ours? Is this yours? Is this is mine. It can lead to a lot of disagreements. 
And it's not, and it's not to say that everyone should get their finances married. Like you can be married with somebody and not marry your finances. You don't have to, right? You can operate as two separate people. It becomes harder though, over time, especially as you have kids and as you buy homes together, like if, if they're, you know, if you have everything separate, it does create a little bit of a, a challenge there, but going along what Tom was saying with like, if someone person's frolicking, frolicking the tulips and the other person's digging in the weeds, then we know fundamentally one person is doing something that is the complete opposite of the other. One person sees money in a very different way. And oftentimes people say that money, you know, is the reason why people get divorced. And I, I would almost say to take it a step further, it's probably not money, it's values, right? Values are the reason why people get divorced because one person, and it, well, that's if, if money is the real issue, right? If money, if someone's like, oh, well, we, we couldn't agree on money issues and that's why we got divorced. It's like, well, they probably just valued things differently. And that's okay too. I don't think that you can necessarily say that every single marriage, the, the two, both the same, both of those people have to agree on a hundred percent of the time. But obviously if you can't work it out, then, you know, divorce is obviously the, 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 the next step a lot of people will that's take. That's right. And, and this really stems back to, because like, even if you want to get married or not, it's getting in sync of what, you know, we see that people's goals usually are not in alignment. Going back to the reasons for planning, uh, some people have different viewpoints on what they want or like one spouse talks more than the other one. And they really have never really discussed what they wanted in the background. Some of them have an abundance versus a, a scarcity mindset. So it's like one of them thinks like so optimistic about everything that's out there. And then the other person's like so skittish and scared to do certain things. It's causing a lot of conflict inside of being able to like, how do we make decisions? And and really going on to the factor of like, people try to compare themselves to what others are doing out there all the time, which is probably the one of the worst things to do. There's a movie um, people mm. have said all the time is keeping up with the Joneses. And it's amazing after we've seen hundreds and hundreds, I would even almost say to this point, thousands of balance sheets there's some people on the surface level as well. Like they might portray a great story, but when you really start diving down into the thick of it, it's like, wow, their finances are not good. So it's like really being able to like disconnect from what others and being able to get in alignment. And there's some things that, you know, we've thought about like, how do we combat these situations? Well, we know, obviously, I think the first, first and foremost, from, from the experience that I've had with clients and even in my own life, I have to always remind myself that my, my spouse is not my enemy. Mm -hmm. Like this is a team effort. And when I'm upset with something, I may be upset with something that my spouse did, but I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to make that the thing. Like the thing can be what my spouse is not the problem. And if I, if we can remember that it's a team effort and try to explore without criticism or harshness, and that's not just for the other person, it's also for ourselves. Cause oftentimes our relationship with ourself is, is the, is the primary piece. My relationship with myself is usually what gives the ability for me to have capacity for love for other people. So I, if, if I don't love myself first, or I don't have uh, an element of, of forgiveness for myself, it's going to be really hard for me to extend that to other people. And some people don't even realize that oftentimes they do treat themselves with harsh judgment for things that they do. And that's therefore they end up treating their spouse and other people with the same level of judgment. So if we can kind of go into any time that we're upset with something, first, remember it's a team effort. My spouse is not my enemy and how, and how I communicate my, how I'm upset going back to the, the four things, right. I feel when, because, and what I need is, right. If we can, we can just put the, the, the spotlight on us and how we feel about something. Usually, 
you, I say that usually because there are, there are, there's a whole nother relational dynamic that a lot of people I'm sure have experienced that, that this doesn't work in, but usually our spouse is able to meet us where we're at. And in love, we can work through the issues. The second thing that we've been able to figure out how to combat you know, just the disconnect when it comes around to money and, and couples is that taking a moment to reflect on what your beliefs are. Because if you've never taken the time to sit back, review That's what's good. important to me, what do I want to accomplish, and then be able to take that time and communicate it with your spouse or your significant other, because if you're not going to talk to them about it. So like the biggest thing that causes a lot of conflict, I will say in any relationship, partnerships, friendships, marriages, or anything is there is a, a disconnect of values of there's a disconnect of expectations. There's a disconnect of beliefs of what's out there and being able to get in sync. And it's, it's okay if you do write all these down, it gets to the part where your spouse is like, yeah, I don't agree with those things. Like you guys should have at least an open conversation to make sure you're in alignment to at least get to the core of it all. Now, sometimes this requires real listening from both parties, taking a step back, really like, and, and not necessarily examining our own feelings and things like that, but really examining our spouses. Remember that no one is wrong, right? That like that we just need to have a conversation to understand. Like when, if, if my wife says something that sounds so completely backwards to me that I'm like, I completely disagree with, instead of disagreeing with it, I, I can, I can take a step back and go, okay. Tell me more about that. Like, let me tell you, I've learned so much about my wife by just not re responding with what I think or what I believe, but just going, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. And when she elaborates, holy crap, yeah. I learned a whole bunch of stuff. When you're genuinely and trying it's like to, by just, like when you're genuinely trying to listen and understand. Yeah. You end up, you end up learning, like your, my brain just expanded. And, you know, the first time I asked that, I think she's tired of whenever I say that now, I think I have to rephrase it. <laughs> I've said it so many times. Hmm, tell me more about that. She's like, like you know, and then probably <laughs> now she's going to hear this podcast. She's going to be like, ah, like every time I say it, I'm not going to rephrase you, CJ, it. Um, stop dude, it. <laughs> got to do some word, some word jujitsu to figure out how to, how to work around that one. But like just remembering that, you know, everyone has a belief, everyone has a system that they're working through and understanding the, the emotional template that our spouses are working from is critical for us to being being able to really meet them where they're at. And you know what, that's going to foster connection. It's not going to foster uh, conflict, Absolutely. you know, and, and it may, and it may confuse you as a spouse. You may be like, what the heck, who did I marry? That's okay. Like that's normal. In fact, a lot of people go through that same thing. I've, we've had so many clients there, like as they're learning about this stuff, they're like, oh my gosh, like who did I marry? Right? Like I don't, and there's, there we're, there's a whole nother thing. If you want to get another book, if you're a reader, buy something by Harville Hendricks. Any of his books are good. Harville Hendricks is one of, one of the guys that talks a lot about marriage and how you choose a spouse. And it's very cool. So just another little book plug there. There's no perfect time to start anything. So maybe you should consider starting now. We created a brief 10 question quiz that will give you a financial checkup to make sure you're addressing every corner of your finances. This includes how you're protecting yourself from risk, how much money you're actually saving for your plan and building up a balanced asset portfolio. You can find this quick quiz now by clicking in the description of the show, or you can visit our website at flveterinaryadvisors.com. So another thing that we've found that has been a huge factor in stopping couples from making progress is going back. We were talking about it a little bit earlier, but we want to spend some more time talking about it now 
is the lack of communication. And really this can fall back on like, you know, going back with the beliefs we're talking about a moment ago, but then also what is the vision that you both have that you're wanting to accomplish together or even individually? And, and this goes back to um, avoidance behavior. Well, I'm angry what my, what my spouse does, but I'm just going to hold it in and not say anything. Right. Cause it's really not that important. And it, and it really, and it really isn't a big deal. Well, you know what, honestly, the more you do that, the longer it's going to foster. In fact, it's going to probably get worse. That's right. oftentimes when you just neglect how you feel and you just try to ignore things and you sleep, sweep them under the rug. that, that usually isn't a good strategy long-term. So we see a lot of people where there's just no vision in their finances. They don't talk about it. There's no communication about it. And even after they realize that there's no communication about it, they don't communicate. Like it's, it's not even like, Oh wow, we haven't communicated on that. Let's go ahead and start. Sometimes they're like, we haven't communicated on that. And I don't want to, because that makes me feel uncomfortable. It, one thing is it's coming to my mind as we're talking about this is around even people who will, they, they will go throughout their finances and then one person will be very heavily, heavily, heavily involved in the finances. And then the other one sort of just disconnects. Like they just don't want to be involved. I was actually talking to someone the other day where they're like, my wife just literally wants to avoid this stuff and stay away from it, which can create a lot of problem too, because now it's like, you know, imagine if you're working with an advisor and the advisor is communicating certain things to you. And now you're having to try to like almost regurgitate what that person had said to you, to your spouse. And they're like asking you questions. So it's like this, this whole idea of like, discussing what really matters and setting up a framework on, on how to work together, because it's, it's sad. Even like we see people who are, are close to retirement age that will, they still seem to be in disalignment about what's my money versus our money and, and what they're trying to do. And there's, there's been some cases that we've worked on in the past where it's, it's interesting to see how, how people can go out their entire lives and never really try to combine those things. But then the responsibility when it comes to, um, knowing who's supposed to do what and handling finances. It's just, it, there, there is no, there, there's no clarity around it. So one person <laughs> is just doing all of these things and the other person's just doing all this, or maybe they're not doing it. And there's just like this constant rift that happens where it's like, what, what is going on? Right. And, and I think that's different than like the couples where one person makes all the decision and the other person just like, is like, where do you want me to sign? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a different story, right? Cause like, I think <clears throat> there are times when I think I remember first time I applied for uh, life insurance, like I was, gosh, how young was I? I was really young. And I go to my wife and I go, Hey, um, we're going to buy life insurance and I'm buying some and you're buying some. And she goes, okay, where do I sign? Like it was <laughs> like, like it wasn't like, what's the premium. It wasn't like, what's the death bet. Like, she was just like, cool. Like, give me a pen where like, I mean, so that those relationships are a little bit different. Cause that's like, there is an agreement, right? It's just kind of unspoken of, of like, whatever you want, CJ, like I'm, I'm kind of trusting you. Right. That's different than these other people. Cause we, cause Tom, we have put together like some of the best financial plans for people where it's like, man, this is like, this is going to be awesome. Like, look at, look at what we've done here. Right. We show it to the client and one spouse is like, let's do it. And the other spouse is like, nah, and it's like, oh, okay. So basically <laughs> the best plan that was put together is not going to be executed on because this, because two people literally cannot agree. And oftentimes it comes back to the lack of communication that's been happening for years yeah. because one person wants to be secure and the other person says, I don't understand it, but I don't care. And I don't want to 
I, I, you know, I don't want to do anything. And it's like, well, like now, now you're at an impasse. Now you've got a relationship where there's real friction. So let's touch on some things about how can we combat, like what are some best ways that we think you can combat the lack of communication? And there's something that is coming to my mind as we're, we're going through this conversation is something as simple as defining a, let's say an amount that each person doesn't need to get, let's say approval from the other spouse, I think is a good place that can even happen here. Cause communication really breaks down between like when bu- people are buying things and they're figuring out, okay, so this hundred dollar item, do I need to go speak with my spouse about it? Or do I not, if I'm going to go buy a new car, do I need to talk with my spouse about it? And being able to get in alignment with like, what is that threshold uh, to be able to decide like, okay, this is what is okay without having to have uh, a constant agreement from my spouse because they've already said so. But then being able to segment responsibilities of who's going to handle what and what's going to happen along the, uh, along the day-to-day operations of your finances. And then having at least a monthly, like let's say round table to talk about where you all are at from a financial standpoint. So like what, what have we done? What are we trying to do? Are we still in sync? Has there been new things brought to revelation that we need to at least get on the same page about to see if it's something to look further into? Uh, so if we can really start breaking those down from the responsibility and having some constant check-ins, it creates a good cadence. And, and those, those check-ins can be fun. Like you can go out to dinner and just dedicate like 10 to 15 minutes to talk about what's going on, what's new. What are your thoughts about what, you know, cause there are things that you'll think of like on a Tuesday afternoon, you're at work, write it down, have a check-in with, you know, with your spouse, uh, you know, to, when, on a Saturday afternoon, whenever you have time that you schedule to sit down and this can even be couch time. Like you're on the couch, the kids are in bed, right? It may not be the best time to talk because you, you maybe you're both exhausted from the day, but find a time and make it a priority to actually check in with, with each other on maybe new financial things that you were thinking about or a decision that you made, a, a purchase you made that you're like, you know, do I really need to bring that to you? And get on the same page with, with every little thing that you can think of. And make sure that you're really listening to each other. Going back to <laughs> CJ's phrase that was earlier, but there's, you know, there's a difference between listening and then active listening. And it's really like, are you there, there, or are you just kind of there? And when I mean there, there, it's like, you're able to not like just say regurgitate what they just threw at you, but it's, you're able to paraphrase or be able to summarize and you can actually make connections between what's going on because in that way, uh, you both really do get on the same page. Yeah. And it may not be, it may be connecting the dots mentally, but then also making sure that there's a connecting the dots emotionally that you do actually feel like, cause usually these things will foster us an element of, of closeness too. So another thing that um, <clears throat> we find that a lot of people struggle through is maybe one person feels like their spouse is irresponsible with money, or maybe one of the spouses feel like the other one is being too critical about their decisions. This one's a tough one, uh, especially to put in a 20 minute podcast, but this is another one of those things. I think a lot of the times, we can be critical with our spouse or we can think that our spouse is being irresponsible when they do certain things. And if you really put this under a microscope, there's really, it's really two sides of the same coin. One person believes the other's irresponsible. The other then the, and, or, and, or one person believes the other person is being controlling and money is one of those things where, you know, as, as you know, Hey, look, so you you spent money on X, Y, Z. I really wish you hadn't done that. 
right? I wish you had come to me with that or, or however the phrase is being said, oftentimes it's the responsibility of both people in the relationship to really sit down and, and go through that because I know that the person that is digging in the weeds can oftentimes be uh, understood as somebody who is trying to be controlling. And the person frolicking in the tulips is oftentimes misunderstood as being irresponsible. Now, there may be some irresponsibility going on and there may be some controlling going on, right? We don't, we don't really know. We're, this is Tom and CJ over a podcast. But it's something to consider and examine yourselves and really try to take, our, take a step back and think like, okay, like, am I being controlling? So, so if, you're a pers- if you're the per- person that's digging in the weeds, take a step back. In this situation, are you being controlling? Let's let's not worry about our spouse anymore. Let's worry about us. Let's just worry about what we can control. And if you're the spouse that is always getting yelled at for spending too much money, maybe we should take a step back and go, okay, am I being irresponsible? Or am I really missing the boat on really doing things that my spouse that would make my spouse my spouse's life easier or would make them feel better about our relationship? about life because hey you know what if you're the one that that is usually perceived as being irresponsible it usually means that your spouse does not feel safe when money is going out the door or leaving at a faster rate than they would like and if you're the person that is controlling or perceived as controlling right it's also there's probably an element of safety that you're that, that is not being communicated to your spouse of like hey i really i i feel unsafe when you go blow a bunch of money at the casino because it means that we have less and I start worrying about and what I need is for you to check with me before you go to the casino. Right. And I'm being, I'm using an extreme example here, but something to think about. Look, the, the best way that we found out to be able to combat these types of things. I mean, we've talked on, I think a pretty good amount in this conversation here today, but it's really boils down to reflection and communication. Like, are you having real talk with each other, or are you just kind of having surface level discussions? Like, are you devoting the time to one another to talk through things or are you just kind of sweeping it under the rug? Because the longer and longer that things continue to happen, life is going like these things will keep compounding and it can create more and more conflict inside the relationship, which either there's, there's two directions that people are going to go here from, I I would say psychology even kind of accounts. This is either people are going to, they're going to adapt to the status quo or they're going to make really drastic changes, which could like result in like divorce. So it's like, if you're able to be able to get on the same page and have conversations, especially if you're feeling way, the way it is, like what CJ was saying, make sure you're using that phrase. It can be a really good way to address these things head on. And sometimes both people are not good with money. I I know Tom and I have run across a couple couples out there where like, there was no one digging in the weeds. <laughs> They're both, they frolicking. Were both frolicking in the tulips. <laughs> they were both frolicking and happy. Man, these people were happy. I'm a little jealous, honestly, because uh, that would, you know, it's, but at the same time, a lot of things went ignored and, you know, they engage us as clients and we start just peeling back the layers of the onion. And man, like when people realize just how much is being ignored, they, it really makes them scared. Like I, I've, I've seen a lot of people who are frolicking in the tulips thinking everything is okay. And then when they realize when they get the reality of it, they're like, well, crap, like we, we've really got to think about this. And we've seen a lot of people make progress in, in that area, but we've also seen a lot of people not make a lot of progress because neither of them are really committed to financial success of any kind. It means a lot that you're listening to our show, and we're really glad that you tune into the Smarter by Financial podcast. If you found that this episode has been eventful, if you found it to be insightful in any form or fashion, please take it, share it with a friend or three, 
and introduce the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast to them. And if you've never liked or reviewed our show before, your love that you show us actually lets other people know about our show. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purposes only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2024-168581 expires February 2025.